Welcome to the Homesaging Show podcast, a show where we deep dive into the world of homesaging and how to build a viable homesaging business. I'm your host Nilin, and in each episode, we explore the latest trends, strategies, and art of building a vibrant and thriving homesaging business. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 177. Before we start the show today, here's a message from our sponsor. We all need powerful statistics to convince potential clients of the benefits of home staging. Stage flow takes away the pain of having to filter spreadsheets or doing calculations. You enter what you know about every sale of the homes that you've staged, and let Stage Flow do the rest. Easy, real-time statistics for the home staging market. Envisioning yourself under the Tuscan sun amid the timeless beauty, inspiration, and boundless growth opportunities. Join us this September for the Home Staging Business Master Retreat in Florence, Italy. This is more than home staging business; it's about scaling your success. Engage in comprehensive workshops led by two experienced and highly sought-after home staging business coaches. Delve into strategic growth, system building, and creating a scalable business model for your home staging business. Take the time, soak up the sun, or in wine, network with fellow home stagers, exchange insights, and broaden your professional connections in the cradle of Italian Renaissance. Overcome your growing pains and scale your business with confidence. Visit our website at stagemore.com/retreat for more details. The Home Staging Business Master Retreat, where experience meets expansion. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. I mean, did you like that little ad we just did for the retreat? I know it's something a little bit different. And thanks to our friend ChatGPT, we're able to write an ad for our podcast in about one minute. So AI has been a new development, as you know, with ChatGPT and all the new AI tools that are popping up in the market. We're actually going to do a workshop next quarter. We're figuring out the date still, but it's coming. We're going to talk about using AI in your home staging business. You have any questions about that? Feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'm starting to collect questions and suggestions in terms of planning out that particular workshop. So if you have questions about using AI in your staging business or things that you want to see, feel free to DM me on Instagram. For today's show, I actually want to do a recap of SagerCon 2023. The conference theme this year is about building multiple streams of income, and the reason why I want to dive into this is because I think we are still really experiencing the aftermath of COVID. Like it or not, it really has shifted the way we run our staging businesses、uh, or our world at large, essentially. But one of the things I find that is really important this year is to actually focusing on intentional business design. So you get to decide what you want to do in your home staging business. As a school, we really focus on providing with different points of view from different stages, different business models, as many different kinds as possible, so that you can choose. The tools you want for your toolbox, just like when you go to a big box store like、uh, Lowe's or Home Depot, you're looking at all the tools on the wall. You're choosing the ones that work best for your home staging business and the lifestyle that you want to build. So this is why everything we are doing at the school is really trying to present as many different ways of running staging business as possible, because we want to give you as many tools as possible to pick and choose. For what's going to go into your toolbox? Ultimately, this is your home staging business. You get to choose what you want to do and make that decision for your home staging business. So, as a school, we are here to support that. 
And so I think by developing multiple streams of income, it's not only great to offset for the slower season because let's face it, staging is cyclical. There are going to be busy times. There are going to be slower times. And what we want to do is help you develop those additional possible streams of income to show you what's possible, so you can still feel okay when the season is slow or slower than usual. And when we talk about different streams of income, I think the great thing about this conference this year is that we really saw quite a few different ways of running businesses, and also different business philosophy as well. During this show, I'm going to recap the trends that I've noticed and what I've seen during the conference that I thought worked really well for these stagers who have graciously come on the stage to talk about their staging businesses, very generously in sharing what they have learned in their staging businesses. Before we get into that, though, I do want to talk a little bit about the next stager con. I think I'm going to change up the format. I think this July it's really difficult. People sign up for the conference, but they didn't come for the live sessions, which is a huge bummer because I think that is kind of the magic of the the format of the current stager con is that you get to really diving deeper into the topic with live Q and As. But we understand life gets in the way. Maybe you had to go to a wedding. Maybe you had to take a vacation that is long overdue. Whatever it is, or you just slam with work, that is totally fine. But I also think the way we consume information has changed quite a bit. So I noticed myself, for example, before COVID, before lockdown, I'm able to sit around and just watch videos all days on end, essentially. And now I have much shorter attention span, and I think that's how we consume information in general, anyway, as a society. Most social media platforms, if not all, really heavily favor video content, but specifically they favor short video content. And within education in the online education space, we notice that as well. The trends is no longer doing that one-hour video. Lessons is actually doing shorter and shorter video lessons, and that's something we're trying to adjust in the school as well by providing different formats of learning for you as a learner that is going through courses or community talks or things like that. So for the next stage of con, we're gonna change the date as well. We're actually gonna do it on our anniversary, February twenty eighth. So save the date, and the conference is gonna be a bit different in terms of format. I was thinking, since we have such a large podcast listener pool now, why not? Why don't we do an audio conference and we、we'll、release all the interviews on February twenty eighth, twenty twenty four, and you can just binge listen like a podcast. Because I think most of the time with these type of conference content, most of the things are not super visual anyway. Why not just turn that into audio so you can actually listen on the go, whether you're driving or maybe you're actually staging on a job site. Then you can actually listen to the content over and over at your own pace, and that might be a more effective way to go. And we'll also approach our speakers to see if they're interested in doing live. Q and A as well, because I think that is something really truly magical from year one when we're doing Stager Con, even during the lockdown. I mean, even after lockdown, I think that is still the magic where you get to interact with other people that you show up live to really take advantage of all that we have offered during these live sessions. If you feel like you're missing out on this year's Stager Con, not to worry. That's why we have a replay pass. 
you have access to all the StageCon sessions for 12 months. Plus, you're going to get a bonus three months access to our new membership. And all the details are on StageCon.com. Just go ahead and check that out. You can also take a look of our new club, the Stagers Adventure Club, by going to our website at stagemore.com slash club. And if you're interested in speaking at our conference next year, the theme is going to be on home staging business models. I think one of the things from this year's conference is that we really have a diverse range of business models, even just within our six speakers who are home staging business owners. And I think it's really great. And I want to dive in a little bit deeper to really look at the strategies and how can we maximize our profitability. I think there's a long time debate in the staging industry about whether it's better to rent inventory or buy your own staging inventory. And I really think that answer is fairly complicated in the sense that, well, A, depending on your market, right? And then B, your business structure. And then C, where you are in your staging business. So maybe in the beginning of your staging business, if you're doing a lot of starter homes, it might not be so profitable if you're renting furniture all the time. But maybe when you get into a luxury space, in order to carry a wide range of luxury furniture, leveraging rental house is actually a better choice for you. Obviously, it depends on your market. If there's no good rental houses in your market, obviously that is out of question. But those are just some of the things I want to look at in terms of profitability. Is it truly better to rent furniture where your overhead is lower in the sense that you're not paying for a warehouse, you're not buying inventory, but you're renting furniture, right? So we're going to try to answer those kind of questions in StagerCon 2024. Obviously, there's no guarantee, but we are going to try. And I think it's healthy to have discussions around topics like this because we can really dive into the profitability of our own staging businesses. So in this year's StagerCon 2023, I think we start seeing the after effect of COVID. Obviously, you know, Michelle talked about video consultation, which was born during COVID. I think one of the great things about the conference this year is we have two speakers who talk about consultations. Most of the time, people think consultations are kind of like a small service, really, because a consultation is like, what, a few hundred dollars? It's not like a staging project where it's several thousand dollars. But the thing is, if you look at profitability, staging consultation is much more profitable because it's just purely you're being compensated purely for your time. You may have expenses. For example, your expenses of driving to the homeowner's home and then driving back and then writing a report, et cetera, et cetera. But in comparison to a vacant home staging project or occupied staging project or short-term rental design project, your overhead is going to be significantly lower when you're just doing consultation. So that's why my friend Bobby McGrath, who's been on podcasts a bunch of times and spoke at StagerCon, you know, she's all about specializing in occupied staging and consultations. And then she always says that you can talk your way to a six-figure income by just doing consultations. And for someone like Michelle, who used to do 500 plus consultations before COVID and after COVID as well, I mean, the volume of that alone, that is a six-figure income, right? If you do the math. So I'm really glad to have two different speakers this year talk about consultation and the power of consultation and how you can monetize that. In Ashley's session, she talked about the importance of charging your worth and being compensated fairly for your expertise. 
About a year ago, I did a consultation for an executive trainer who was selling her multi-million dollar home. We toured her beautiful home, discussed moving and removing items, and her flock of assistants tackled some of the suggestions on the spot. They packed up bookshelves so we could style them right then and there. I was pretty impressed. During our meeting, she turned to me and said she truly enjoyed watching me work in my zone of genius. This statement really stuck with me. I'm hoping today you take the time to think about your own zones of genius, your superpowers and talents, and the talents of your team if you have one. I also want to make sure that you're charging for your ideas because they hold value. You didn't go to all this training and start a business to give away what you know, did you? Well, as home stagers, we all have a lot of talent and experience that extends way beyond the act of staging a home for sale. In fact, there's a good chance you may be doing some of this already. But are you charging for it? If not, you should, because it's a great way to boost your brand and your bottom line. And besides that, like L'Oreal Paris says, you're worth it. Consultations do a couple things for your business. They increase your revenue, yay. They help you diversify your offerings, so if staging gets slow with fluctuations in the market, you have other streams of revenue coming in to help cover your expenses and your pay. When you consult on a home before staging it, it also elevates the home, which elevates your brand. And consultations help your client see you as the expert you are. You get to spend a couple hours showing off what you know. It's everyday stuff to you, but to many, it's pretty impressive. You might be called a magician, a wizard, or a genius, and who doesn't want compliments like that? When a real estate professional is also included, they get to see the value you bring to each sale, and they'll want you, their trusted expert, to come back again and again. I have several agents who pay for these consultations themselves, and they won't sell a house without one. It's become part of their brand. It's no surprise that they are some of our area's top producing agents. And in Michelle's session, she talked about how she leveraged consultations to expand her network, her service offering, and also revenue. And I find this very powerful and very interesting as well because Michelle was forced to pivot during COVID due to the lockdowns. They weren't able to get into anyone's home. Toronto had a very strict lockdown code. So they experimented with video consultation and they were actually able to service clients, even those ones who have moved out of their local area and they were able to actually doing renovations through video consultation. So it really expanded her reach and she was able to pivot very successfully and still offering video consultation as a service that she offers to her home staging company. And servicing areas that are way outside of Toronto, she was able to do projects in Kansas City, for example it has become a very powerful addition to their home staging business. We've been through a few recessions in Canada and we've been through some busy times. We stage over 500 vacant and occupied homes per year. This is something that makes us the go-to company because we actually do such a variety of homes. We aren't just an occupied home staging company. We aren't just a vacant home staging company. We don't just service the city or condos. We actually do horse farms. We actually do huge mansions, 18,000 square feet sometimes. We do lakefront properties. All of these homes take a different type of staging, different types of furniture, decor, art. It really does come down to being very, very pliable in how we do our work in that we will service our clients, which are the agents, with whichever property they have. 
by going to video consultations, we were able to expand that work, especially during the time when we weren't able to be in the houses during COVID. Now we continue to do it and we'll go into the details later in the seminar so you can see how you can do this too. Now our market, as I was saying, is quite varied and I do travel quite a bit in my work. There's some days I go approximately 300 kilometers, some days it's only 10 kilometers. But overall, it takes us to where our work is and it helps us to service our clients, which are the agents. It doesn't matter where they get a listing. It also works because if they have a homeowner that moves to a different area and maybe in that area their agent doesn't have a stager, they can contact this agent, they can work together, and we can do the consultation for them by video. So this again expanded our area. This is how we pivoted during COVID. We really sat down and thought about how do we service our agents? How do we make their job easier? That's the key thing with our home staging business is that we are part of the marketing team for the agents that we work with. I was in an office at Brokerage for over 10 years. It went from 56 agents up to 275 agents, but I didn't work with all those agents that were in the building. Basically, I work with the agents that have the same business vision that we do in that you provide a no worries, step-by-step -step process, getting them to their listing photos and getting the marketing campaign attractive to the ideal buyers that you're looking for, people that will actually want to purchase this home. In Julie's session, she actually talked about her philosophy of her home staging business model, which I find really interesting and really a good contrast to Margie, which I'm going to share later on. I think it's really important to decide what kind of business model you want, and it's good to experiment with it. And Julie was very candid about it in her session. So, for example, they tried virtual staging, and for whatever reason, it was not a great fit for their home staging business. They tried it, they didn't like it, so they decided not to offer it anymore. In the same way too, and I was just talking about this today, because for our new membership, the Stagers Adventure Club, we're actually going to do an operations clinic every single quarter. So I was talking to a potential student coach, and she was saying, because we started around the same time, we met actually in one of the training schools. And I think early on, when I started staging in 2006 or so, it was really more about your either vacant stager or your occupied stager or you only do consultations. The expectation really was that or the way we were taught was that once we graduate from our staging training program, you're expected to run your own home staging business. But I think that's changed a lot since then because now the business models are more hybrid. We're seeing people doing design work on top of staging or vice versa. We're seeing people doing short-term rental design, mid-term rental design, which Amy talked about in her session. We also see people actually manage short-term rentals as well. Carrie, who taught a workshop with us last year, she talked about that in her staging business, that she not only designed short-term rental housing, but she also is a super host on Airbnb. She has her own rental properties, and she also manages Airbnb properties for other Airbnb hosts. We had interviewed Sonia on our podcast before. She works for Lori Peterson up in Canada, which is one of the top staging business, I would say, not only locally for them, but also in Canada as well. And Sonia really, for the most part, she really worked as a staging assistant. She focused on working as a staging assistant rather 
than starting your own home staging business. And I think that's valuable to discuss. And we're going to have Sonia on the podcast later this year too to discuss that. But ultimately, again, you get to decide how you want to run your staging business. We have seen a lot of people actually going through staging training. They're just freelancing as staging assistants or freelance stagers for various staging businesses in their local market. Some of them even have their own clientele they take from stager to stager. So you just never know. And we want you to be playful and inventive and figure out what works for you. In this clip you're about to hear, Julie is going to share her philosophy behind her staging business model. From the beginning, I had wanted to be full service in the sense that I did not want to specialize in any one thing. I wanted lots of streams of revenue. That made me feel very safe. I know that there's stagers that just do one thing and they really, really do it well. And I commend them for that. That never made me feel safe as a business owner. So I always wanted to diversify. I always wanted to have multiple streams of income. And Margie, our other speaker, has a total different philosophy and a totally different point of view on this. She really wanted to niche down into short-term rental design. And in this clip, she shares why. I've always been told that in order to be successful, you have to have a niche. My mom is a realtor, residential realtor. And as we all know, that's a very competitive industry. So early on in her career, she niched down to land and horse property. I come from a big horse equestrian family. So she made that her niche and she's now like the go-to person for all land and horse property in Kansas city. So anyways, niching is everything. And me being in a very hot vacation rental market, I knew that's what I wanted my niche to be. And so once I kind of declared that niche, the clients just came. Going back to Julie's session, Turnkey Home Design, this is also very on trend at the moment. Architecture Digest actually just published an article about quote-unquote instant homes are real estate's next big thing. I think this is something that you already have skill set for and can easily translate into a new service if it works for your local market. I think a lot of times when we talk about building multiple streams of income, we really think external. But you should also look at what works already in your staging business and what leverage and skill set you already have in your staging business and lean into that. And I think Julie is a really good example about that by offering turnkey home design, which works really well for her market. Because there's a lot of actors and actresses coming into town to film a movie or TV show for extended period of time. There are ball players, there are athletes, there are also executives who are going through relocation. So turnkey home design is a really great service that she's able to provide through her home staging business. And in this clip, she's going to talk a little bit about what exactly it is and why it works for her staging business. Turnkey home is a home that's ready for move-in immediately. It's fully furnished and has every amenity. So different from a short-term rental, this home is created for a specific person, family situation, and typically for an extended period of time. So, you know, your job then setting up this turnkey home is to create the space, get the furniture, get the amenities. And amenities, I'm calling them amenities because That's what they're called in the short-term rental field. So this is anything from towels to TVs to pots and pans, dishes, silverware, 
you know, anything and everything that this person might need or has requested from you is what's going into this home. So that literally this person can walk up to the door, put the key in, and they are home. They have sheets on their bed. They have hangers in their closet. They have an alarm clock if they have chosen that, you know, as an offering. They have a wine bottle opener. Whatever it is that they need, they have there for themselves and provided by you. And in addition to short-term rental design, there's also new development. And I think this is really a direct impact of COVID, especially we see a lot of remote workers, whether it's digital nomads who want to stay a little bit longer in one city to really max out their visa time, or traveling medical professionals like nurses and doctors. Short-term rental design and mid-term rental design cater to different types of tenants and rental durations. Obviously, a short-term rental is going to be for 30 days or less. A midterm rental could be obviously over 30 days, up to a year. It's not long-term rental, which is the third category, but it typically is three to six months, ideally. And if you do any type of design work, like short-term rental design, midterm rental design, color consultations, or renovation, you should also start thinking about using affiliate programs to earn additional income by recommending something you already love in your staging business. This is something I actually talk about in my session. Because I feel like a lot of times stagers could be taking advantage of this, but they're not. So if you're not, you're actually leaving money on the table because we can implement this in a very easy and non-invasive way into our staging business. What you're simply doing is sharing what you already love. So maybe you really love this particular sofa that you use all the time and you buy from Amazon. So you can actually sign up for affiliate programs through amazon.com and every time you share that sofa with your homeowner for them to purchase, you make a commission every time someone uses your affiliate link. So this is simply sharing about something you already love and you have tried and it works to the people you enjoy sharing things with. So like your clients, your friends and family or random strangers on the internet. You can write a blog post about your favorite inventory, your favorite sofa and embed those affiliate links into your blog posts. So again, this could be very powerful, very passive as well, and it can simply take advantage of it just by sharing with your clients, your followers on social media, and even complete strangers on the internet. It's a really great and easy way to build additional income stream into your home staging business without actually putting a lot of effort in it. And I also say that if you enjoy what we offer through Sage for More, the school, you should also join our affiliate program as well. We call it our ambassador program. If you're interested, do apply. The reason why you put an application in is I only want people who have tried us. I don't want any random strangers because there are a lot of spammers out there. They look for affiliate programs with really high referral percentage, which is what we offer. We generally offer 40% commission on most of our staging courses, on workshops and things like that. Those are a little bit smaller. They're 20% because we already profit share with our teachers. We offer a very generous and competitive commission structure for our affiliates. And this is why we use the application process. We really want people who are in the staging industry or in the interior design industry to share, not some random strangers who have really no tie to the home staging business. Do you feel the application is quick and easy? Uh, and then we'll approve it within a few business days. And then you're on your way to refer courses to your home staging friends. And lastly, I want to end the show with what Jess had generously shared in her session, where she really laid it all out with her staging business, 
what she's working on, what she's thinking about working on, and the different services that she provides through her home staging business. And there's a lot of great nuggets there, but I want to share what she said about building a business. I think it's something that you want to look at if you're thinking about growing and scaling your home staging business. And that's also what I love about this year's speakers because everyone presents a very different way of running their staging business. And Ashley actually talked about this in her Q&A too, that she very intentionally wants to stay small, while when you listen to someone like Jess who wants to be big. So again, it just depends on where you are in your life, where you are in your business. You may have different career goals than other stagers. And that is totally okay because ultimately at the end of the day, like I said earlier and over and over again, it's all about the choice you make, what you want out of your life, and how can we create a business to support those goals that you have in your life and your business. All right, so I'm going to end the show here. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any feedback or suggestions, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Sage Have a wonderful week, guys, and happy staging. Growing slow is profitable too. And I think that it is best to build what serves you. This is your business, and you do not have to stage every single home. I have 28 homes staged right now. And I'm like, do I need to be a stager that has 50 homes staged at once? Like, do I want to grow to that volume? I think what I want is a beautiful office space, a workspace I love coming to and to just subsidize that as much as I can with what I'm already doing. But then I think I'll probably just pivot and start elevating instead of growing, spending my inventory budget on new art, cool pillows, like the styling details that really kind of bring the vibe. And so it's hard to find that clarity, especially when you're in the day in and day out and you have a really busy week and it's like, you're really just going to hit the numbers and to make people happy. I feel like it was the staging retreat last year in Palermo, really, where we did this exercise where we had to sit down in quiet for like 30 minutes and just think about like, where do I want myself to be in five years? not the business, just like lifestyle. What do I want for myself? And then where does the business need to be for that to happen? And then like, what needs to happen to get from point A to point B? I am someone that is very entrepreneurial spirited at heart. And I just always kind of knew I was going to hit the gas on this. And maybe one day it's something that could be sold to a brokerage or I'll get an agent license and I'll use what I built to like win listings. And, you know, when I master one thing, I want to like learn and grow the next, maybe I'll build a female founded moving company. (laughs) That would be kind of cool too. And so I think you really have to be patient with yourself. if You don't know what those answers are and find some good opportunities to seek the clarity. As a mom of two small kids, when people ask me, you know, what it's been like to start a business and of this volume, it's not always something that I recommend if you want great work-life balance. This is something that, you know, in 20 years, I'll tell my kids, oh, we were spending all of this in childcare. And like, I was up before dawn every morning and Clyde, you would come to the warehouse with me and move rugs. And we really kind of just made it work and it'll be easier for the next generation. That's my hope. But here's the thing, to grow big and to scale and to take on overhead that allows your margins to eventually improve, it's risky. It's just risky. It's not right for everyone. 
some months are just really, really scary. Cause I'm like, I have to pay myself my salary. I have payroll, I have rent and it's, you know, 4th of July and things are slowing down a bit. So then you think, okay, if I need revenue and I know there's business out there, like what is the most effective way to just capture it when I need it? Hey, I know I have this bid out for you and you're not ready to go until four weeks, but we're doing a little end of month special for June. And if you book in advance, then I'll do this extra bedroom for you. I have inventory in here. I have so many beds in here right now. So just like leverage what you have to get you where you need to be. You know, it's not my preferred method, but I think that there's a lot to be said for just keeping the revenue coming in and just like being mindful of what the goal is you set for yourself to keep everything humming and making sure you're thinking about how to, how to get there. So whatever your desired goal is, then you kind of have to like measure your risk versus that. I work with a bookkeeper and I have a great CPA. They provide a lot of clarity and answer big strategic questions. But one thing they don't really do for you, you have to do in your actions and your habits day in and day out consistently is to manage your cash. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, you can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.